This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's December the 16th, 2022. And you guys, we're running down the clock on the year of our Lord 2022. And I know y'all have some big feelings about the things that have kind of been trending in the past year. I know I have big feelings about it. So I am so happy to be joined today by my dear friend and longtime co-host, Kelly Gordon. Hello, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Meg. I'm good. I'm good now that I'm here. Let's put it that way. You know, sometimes the tech issues happen when you work in a tech based yeah. thing so <laughs> you guys sometimes it's like you just wish you could meet for coffee and sit in the same yes. room and record that would oh be so gosh. much more fun dreamy yes <sighs> well kelly today we're talking about and sharing some of our spiciest takes on the things that have happened in the past year or things that have just been on our mind as you know we've been known to do some share some unpopular opinions Some things that it's still awesome, but it's a little more real. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the things that you think that maybe you shouldn't say aloud all the time because you don't want to, you know, put that out there because it seems to go against conventional wisdom. Exactly, exactly. Now, this is interesting because you work in the news industry in your day job. You're working in, in public radio. And so a lot of news comes across your desk, literally across your desk. And as part of your job, you're on Twitter. So you see, I feel like you're way more connected to the zeitgeist. (laughs) However, as a producer, you don't always get the chance to sort of like unload your feelings, right? No, of course not. And especially because I work in news and exist in a social media sphere as well. We have all kinds of limits about what we are allowed to say. Like I have actually been disciplined. (gasps) Oh! before Ooh, like, I have an official trouble I did I got in trouble maybe <laughs> we'll save that for like a superstars overflow I'll tell you yeah, what it was but yeah it's not like it's a huge big deal even my boss felt like she's like a little embarrassed she's like this came to my attention that you put this on Twitter you know I'll say those kinds of things on Twitter oh no so yeah I really think very carefully uh-huh. before I post anything on social media yes not just because of my own reputation but because I have work constraints <laughs> well Guess what? But not here. No constraints here, baby. You could let it all out and it can never be traced back to your regular job. That's the theory. (laughs) I mean, there are some people at NPR that know that I do this podcast. I don't think there's a ton that listen to it. Okay. But I have had people, this is kind of fun, actually. There are people who were came to me and said, hey, are you on a podcast? (laughs) My neighbor 
listens to your show and knows that I also work at NPR and was like, oh my gosh, Kelly Gordon works out there. You've got to go talk to her. So oh, there have been some so like, fun. but for the most part, I kind of try to keep my world. <laughs> yes, yes. Keep them separate for sure. Yes. So we are going to be sharing our spicy takes, our takes on the year that again, it's like, oh no, you said the inside thing out loud. Like <laughs> we're going to do a little of that. You know us, it'll still be pretty tame. But we not only have our own to share, but we also asked our superstar awesomes, again, our superstars, our awesomes who support us on Patreon to weigh in with some of their spicy takes for 2022. We're going to do that all on today's show. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. If you have been looking for amazing women to connect with and a community that will support you no matter what age or stage of life you're in, I'm really happy to tell you you've come to the right place. And if you are enjoying Sorta Awesome, whether you're a brand new awesome, you just found us, or if you have been listening through the years, please make sure you have subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of the amazing variety of podcast apps that are out there. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a new episode from us. And if you do love what we're doing here on the show, pop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. I know I say it all the time. I promise you it is the God's honest truth. We really do get new members and new listeners, new members of our community, new listeners to Sort of Awesome because they found us because of Apple Podcasts sharing the show because of those ratings and reviews. They really do bring new people into our community all the time. They're really important, right, Kelly? Yes, they are. And also telling your friends. Yes. Telling your friends. Word of mouth, also really important. It's still, I say this and I believe it with my heart of hearts, Word of mouth is still the most important recommendation when it comes to finding a new podcast. I know I'm always asking people, what have you been listening to? What are you into? Tell me what I need to check out. It's so important. And you guys, it's absolutely free to you to support us with your recommendations. So we love that for sure. Kelly, we have so many fun, interesting, possibly spicy takes on 2022 that we're going to get to here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little more awesome right now, whether it's a book or a TV show, music, movie, products, whatever's just been bringing that gold sparkle to our lives. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, Kelly. I know what I'm talking about, but what's your awesome of the week? This is like, what's my awesome. Yeah, I rarely totally unprepared for this. Yes. So I can't wait to hear. Well, it's funny because if we wanted to go with the theme of spicy takes, one of my spiciest takes that the awesomes already know is that spring is my fourth favorite season. <laughs> Yep. Maybe not so spicy, but it's certainly my take. So what I'm bringing for my awesome of the week is actually something that I think is perfect for this season. And it just launched. It's a new newsletter by a scientist. Her name is Carrie Leibowitz. Okay. It's called A Wintry Mix. Interesting. So here's the cool thing is I found... Carrie, I don't even know on Twitter, you know, how do we find people? Can you trace those things back? No, you cannot. No, but she is a scientist who has studied winter and darkness and the human psyche. 
So for a year, she lived in Tromso, Norway, <gasps> which is one of those towns above the Arctic yes, Circle. Yes, that has the, what is it called? The Arctic, the Arctic Twilight. Night? Well, oh, Arctic twi- Night yeah. and Twilight, yeah. yes. Yeah. So the Arctic Night is where there is no light at all. It is right. two months yes. of no light at all. And then they also have the Arctic Twilight, which is, you know, another couple of months yes. on each end where the sun gets close enough to the horizon that it might send up a pink glow like you would normally see before or after sunset, but it doesn't come up, but it's not complete and utter darkness for 24 hours a day. But for a good long chunk, two months, it really is. So she lived there to study it. And here's the really cool thing is that she found that this is not her own research necessarily. Other people have discovered this as well, that people who live in places like Tromso, Norway, actually have lower levels of seasonal effect depression, SAD, than Mm. you would expect. For sure, lower than like places in the US. And so that's what intrigued her. Why? Why in a place that is truly dark and cold? Yes. Do people not seem to suffer from it? And so her research, she's actually writing a book that's going to come out in the fall of 2024. Oh, okay. It's already on my list of books that I want to read and somebody that we're going to have on our show. It's called How to Winter. Oh, okay. Yes. Harnessing your mindset to embrace all seasons of life. Oh, wow. So I'm really excited about this because she's just blending like cultural things that she noticed with scientific research to give you concrete practices, strategies to embrace winter, find joy, even when it's dark and cold. So this newsletter that she just started in November, so there's only been like three or four versions of it yet, newsletters that have been released, is all about this. It's kind of, I think what she's doing is she's testing parts of her book and she's looking for feedback. You know, she's kind of like, here's some a mini chapter. What do you think? And the really cool thing is that not only is she releasing research and observations, but she's also kind of giving you a task to like, mm-hmm. what could you do this month to embrace it? So like at the beginning of December, she said, I really want you to think about slowing down. Mm-hmm. Because one of the ways that people embrace winter is they embrace the season for what it is, which is a slowdown. Yes. So instead of being mad about it, embrace it. So she's like, I want you as much as possible, especially maybe outside of your work life to try to unitask, you know, don't listen to a podcast while you take the dog for a walk. No, I refuse. I know, I know. It's hard. <laughs> I say this as I somebody on a podcast. with you, but no, that's unacceptable for me. Except for Sort of Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> Always listen to Sort of Awesome, whatever you're doing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but the idea, of course, is that she's saying that if we don't have so much freneticness in our life that we start to appreciate it more. And that's really what she learned that people who live in places that are more extreme when it comes to winter, even more extreme than Minnesota, this like makes Minnesota look like a cakewalk. Mm. Really what they teach us is, you know, the whole Huga idea, which we've talked about a lot on sort of awesome, Mm -hmm. getting outside, which is important, but just really, it's like a mindset shift, like embracing the season for what it is. And people who live in an Arctic night, that's what they say. They actually say they look forward to it. Yeah, They look forward to those two months where there's no sun. And it's like, well, I don't want to say a celebration, but it really marks their year. Mm-hmm. And they embrace it for what it is and what it can be as a different time of year. They say they actually think that these summer months when it's light all the time, yeah, way harder. They're like, that's so much harder to enjoy and to cope with. Like the Arctic twilight is like my preferred way of living. So anyway, It's a really great newsletter. It's totally free. It's on Substack. We will put a link in the show notes if you want to subscribe to it and join me. Maybe we'll talk about it in the Hangout group if you're also getting it because of her assignments to people. Like, what are you learning? What are you doing? Yeah, I think it's 
a great way for all of us right now, this time of year, when mm. the darkness is really settling in, here we are days away from solstice, right? It's dark. Yeah. And as we all know, it's not like we hit solstice and then spring comes. You're like the biggest part of winter is still ahead of us. I so know. you want to try to be ready? Join us in the pursuit of trying to make winter sort of awesome. With this I newsletter. love that. Oh, I love it. I have to tell you through the years, Kelly, your approach, because this is not the first time you've talked about this. And I do think, I mean, it's not the first time about the newsletter, yes, but we've yes. talked about the idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Embracing just whatever the season is, like really embracing it. You have rubbed off on me so much through the years. I used to physically dread moving towards the winter solstice. Like I would get sad starting at the autumn equinox and be like, this is it. It's the downhill slide into darkness. And over time, I really have started to be like, you know what? I like cozy. I like turning off, you know, the lights are out and there's low lights everywhere and candles. And sometimes I'm like, I don't even know who I am, but I don't even mind the winter anymore. I do still hate being cold. But in terms of the daylight, I think I've learned so much from you about how to embrace it. And on TikTok, and I didn't know we were going to talk about this. I'll see if I can find her. But there's a woman on TikTok who lives maybe not in that yes. exact town. Have you seen her? I, no, I think she does live in that exact okay. town. Yes, she's very popular on TikTok. She's yes. fascinating. Yes. And she epitomizes what I think Carrie would say. So Carrie lives back in the US now. Yeah, yeah. But what she has seen for people who live in Scandinavia and other places is this like embrace of it. And yes. it's really, it's inspiring, isn't it? Like it her is. Yeah. Yes. Her TikTok account is like, she is very joyful. And then like, I think it's not just her. I think the community is, seems really joyful and she seems happy to show off. This is what it looks like in the Arctic night, you guys. And it's really fascinating. I'll see if I can find a link so you guys can go check out that account. Right. And wow. I think if you're interested, not only in just changing your mindset, you know, like looking for some encouragement, but also like I just geek out on the science of it, you know, yes. like how the human brain absorbs things, what we can control. Yeah. Is really good. So yes, definitely a wintry mix by Carrie Leibowitz. We'll put a link in the show notes. Join Love me. It. Join Love me and Meg in our embrace of winter. <laughs> Maybe All our right. third favorite season. <laughs> Oh, so good. All right. My awesome of the week is one that I offer with tenderness. I don't know how to, I don't know what to context. Okay. This. <laughs> the subject matter is dark, but this is one of the best things I've ever consumed as a listener. And it's the podcast Bone Valley. Have you heard of this? I haven't even. No, you said okay. this is what I'm going to talk about. And I'm like, I'll yeah. just have to hear from yeah. Meg herself. Okay. Bone Valley is an audio documentary, really. It is in the true crime realm. And I will say that I have personally, even though for years I've loved, loved, loved true crime. And Kelly, I know we were texting back and forth and you got a kick out of the fact that not only do I like true crime, I also listen to true crime comedy podcasts. You guys, when she said that, I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying. True crime comedy. It's an oxymoron. It's a whole subgenre in true crime. <laughs> <laughs> the, the depths of things that I don't know. And it doesn't surprise me. It actually kind of makes me happy that that's there. Well, I honestly have just for mental health reasons, kind of like pushed pause on all of the true crime. I haven't really been listening to it a lot lately, but I kept seeing everywhere I turned because obviously we're in the podcast industry. I read a lot of podcast reviews, you know, columnists who write about podcasts everywhere I turned. I was seeing people raving about Bone Valley. And I was like, shoot, I wasn't going to listen to another true crime limited series, but I almost felt like a responsibility to listen to it so I could be part of the conversation around it. Like this is going to be on the top lists of 2022 for so many people in the podcast industry. So I thought I'm going to check it out. 
So the story of Bone Valley is there's an author named Gilbert King, who some of you might know his name. In 2012, he wrote a nonfiction book called Devil in the Grove. And that was about a time when Thurgood Marshall, before he was a Supreme Court justice, he was just an attorney in Florida. He defended four young black men in Florida who were accused of sexually assaulting a young white woman and really examined the criminal justice system in Florida and a variety of things. So he kind of had made a name for himself, Gilbert King had, in that realm. Well, in Bone Valley, he's back in Florida, and he and his research assistant, Kelsey Decker, explore the, wow, incredibly botched investigation of a young woman named Michelle Schofield, her death in 1987 in Lakeland, Florida. So again, like I said, this is dark subject matter. But Kelly, when I tell you, you know, when Serial came out with the first season and Sarah Koenig and like everyone was talking about Serial, like such a huge discussion point. And I think it was Sarah Koenig herself, maybe, or one of the producers on the show talked about how they tried to create those driveway moments where you've been listening as you're driving and then you have to sit in the driveway to hear what happens next. I will tell you, I finished Bone Valley today and instead of a driveway moment, I had a driveway sob. Like I was <laughs> yes. so moved by this story that I literally sat in my car and cried to the point where Kyle came out to check on me. And you're like, it's just a podcast. He was like, are you okay? And I was like, it's just a podcast. But it was so good. So yes, Michelle Schofield was an 18 year old woman, newlywed in Central Florida. And in 1987, she was murdered. And her husband, Leo, who was 21 at the time, was convicted of the murder. And he has been in prison in Florida ever since. Gilbert King comes across this case via a judge in Florida who knew all about the case and was like, you please, if it's possible, if it's all possible, can you please, please look into this? And Gilbert King is like, he's at a speaking event, you know, he's trying to like talk to people and all of this. And he's like, I mean, I'm really busy. I'm working on another book, blah, blah, blah. And the judge was like, if you could just read the court transcripts, I promise you are going to want to check this out. And as it turns out, he was right. And so Gilbert and Kelsey spent three years investigating the story. Kelly, I have listened to an innumerable number of hours of podcasts in the past seven, eight years. This is the first podcast where I have yelled out loud at the podcast, like angrily yelled yeah. out loud. Like, no. Yes. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Like, in my car yelling out loud at it because I was so angry. I had to skip through some parts because I was so angry. I was like, I cannot deal with this. Like the storytelling of Bone Valley brings you in so masterfully and it humanizes every single person involved in this story in such a way that I'm telling you, I'm going to be thinking about this story for years to come. Prior to listening to this, if anyone would have ever said like, what do you think is like the best podcast that's ever been made? I probably would have said S-Town, which, you know, came out that's years what ago. what I was thinking about just as you yeah. were talking about it. That was the storytelling there, the humanizing yes. of everybody yes. involved and the twists and turns. I do remember yelling at that podcast. Yes. Yeah. Or just reacting audibly. Yeah. That's funny. So do you think it's kind of similar to I would that say in I think it's Yeah, absolutely. I think it's right up there with it. I would say it would be hard for me to choose between the two in terms of just the craft of it all. Every single chapter, there's nine chapters in this series on Bone Valley. So nine episodes, I'm assuming. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And every single one ends on a cliffhanger, but not in a gimmicky way. And I think the fact that Gilbert King is a writer and he scripted the whole thing, like 
the storytelling is so transfixing and you just keep going. Like probably by the end of the second episode, I was like, well, I mean, we have all the facts here. How is this going to stretch on? Is this going to be like a bunch of filler? But no, every single episode is so packed with meaning. There's not a minute wasted in this production. So again, the content is dark. I'm a highly sensitive person. I was able to handle it, but I do listen to a lot of true crime. So, you know, your assessment of it should vary depending on your tolerance for these topics. But there is a reason why everybody in the podcast industry and outside of it, too, is talking about this podcast. Again, it's called Boone Valley. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Kelly, if you decide to listen, you got to tell me your thoughts. I am really intrigued, Meg Teets. I also am very sensitive when it comes to listening to things. I don't listen to true crime. But I loved S-Town. And there have been other times that, you know, you're like, it's worth it. It's worth yeah. it to push through your own discomfort for the yeah. sake of the overall. So I don't know. We're going to have to see what I do. I want to make it clear. Although there are parts that are in detail about the murder itself, the vast majority of this is about, again, the people who are involved in the criminal justice system and just right. like how broken, how heartbreakingly broken our criminal justice system is. So it's not just like nine episodes going over and over and over the murder. Right. It's really ultimately about how people can be incarcerated under questionable circumstances for their literal entire lives. So anyway, so good. So good. Go check it out. And if you guys have listened to it or you do listen to it, please let me know. I need someone to process this with for sure. So those are our awesomes of the week this week. You can find links in the show notes for these. We would love to hear what's awesome in your life. If you want to find us over in one of our social media communities, you definitely need to be there. If you're not already, you can go to facebook.com and look for Sorta Awesome Hangout. We would love to have you there or find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. We'd love to have you join us over on Instagram. Kelly, we've got some spicy takes to get to. We're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Hey friends, the new year is a fresh opportunity to really redefine who you are and you have the freedom to experiment with how you express yourself all year long with Pear Eyewear. With Pear, you can switch up your look in a snap anytime with affordable face frames and customizable magnetic top frames in hundreds of styles. I love my pair I wear reader glasses. I wear them all the time. I get so many compliments on them. One of my favorite things about them is how extremely affordable pair eyewear is. You guys know how expensive getting new glasses can be. Pair eyewear is so much easier on the bank account. Plus, you've got all the flexibility built in. Those magnetic toppers mean that you can go for a solid color one day, switch it out and go with your tortoise shell frames the next day. You can even dabble in their Marvel and Harry Potter collections, their sports ball collections. They've got something for everyone at Pair. And did I mention that that range of iconic base shapes starts at just $60 and that includes your prescription lenses. So experiment with who you can be in 2023 with Pear. Go to PearEyewear.com slash awesome for 15% off of your first purchase. That's Pear, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com slash awesome. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back. Kelly, you know, it's the end of the year. Everyone's going to be dropping all of their year-end list, year-end review. We thought we'd take a little bit snarkier turn on I know, I'm laughing. Like, I mean, we, I think we are going to still do a year-end show. So if you're yes. looking for like us yes. being wise and reasoned and thoughtful, <laughs> look for us in a couple of weeks. Right, 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 right. Hold that thought because first we got to get the snark out. Again, you work in current events. So I know that I'm sure as time has gone by through the year, you've had some big feelings. What's something that comes to mind that happened this year that you're like, if I could have weighed in, my take on this would have been, or do you have even just some more general ones that occurred to you this year? Well, I do have one that's more general. It actually has to do with the podcast. Okay. But Rebecca's not here, right? Rebecca's (laughs) not here. Because what I'm about to say. She's not in the green room that we don't have. So (laughs) Rebecca, don't listen to this part. I was thinking when we recorded, what episode was it where we were talking about spiders that could live in your house and she had a complete and utter breakdown? It was in Would You Rather? Would You Rather? hundredth episode. That's yes. right. That's right. That's so many moments that's in that a episode. That's Hall of Famer right there. Like immediately my brain was flooded with all the moments that I couldn't go on. <laughs> you know what? I think spiders are kind of cute. <laughs> and I think that this is TikTok that has kind of won me over because there are some TikTokers that like ah. have those little spiders that as pets. And like with the big eyes and I'm like, they're kind of cute. And that's kind of a spicy take because I don't think that it's kind of more unique population. I think that would say a spider is cute. Most people are like, no death, death to all Mm -hmm. spiders. Mm -hmm. So that one, I'm trying to think of like, I'd have to, I don't even know what happened this year in the news, Meg. Like it's been such a year. (laughs) Every single week, it's like. It could fill up. I mean, we've talked before about Twitter and Elon Musk. You know, I don't think that that's a spicy take, though. I'm annoyed right. with him. <laughs> yeah. Annoyed. And like, why can't we get these rich white men who have egos that are bigger than the entire problem of climate change to like <laughs> sit down, sit down, sir? Yeah. I do think the Twitter thing is interesting. Again, I'm not on Twitter, so I've just been kind of catching headlines here and there. I have seen some YouTube videos suggesting that people are leaving Twitter and wondering if maybe they should go back to Tumblr. Oh, I haven't heard that. No, I have not. I have seen all of the different takes of people, whether you should or should not leave Twitter, like what good you do by staying what you could do by yeah. leaving. I have not seen Tumblr mentioned as a good alternative. <laughs> what year are we? I'm sorry. I know. Somebody I know. mentioned like Flickr or <laughs> MySpace <laughs> like as an option. Flickr. Yeah. I think it, it is an interesting conundrum because I do know that people have been like, you know, could we go to this app? Could we go to that app? It's the thing is you've got to be able to, how can you get a whole mass of the whole planet to agree, like, we're not here anymore. Now we're over here. I don't know. How does that even happen? Well, and here's the thing is that what I kind of enjoy about the big social media platforms is that they all have their own thing. Yeah, their own culture. Yeah, exactly. And they're different. And I use them for different things. Yeah. So in that sense, actually, I said this on Twitter, a friend said, like, 
being on Twitter right now is a little bit like being in a relationship past its prime. It's familiar. It's a little uncomfortable. It's volatile, a little desperate, you know? And I was like, I though feel like if Twitter dies, my involvement in this type of social media dies with it. I am too tired to start over. Like, so I'm not uh, yes. leaving to go to Mastodon or some of these other that are trying to kind of recreate Twitter. And yeah. Tumblr is a different format. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. But yeah. it's not what Twitter was. And so I'm like, if this goes, then I just, that part of me dies. And I just look for the other things that Here's, are different and new. Yeah. Here's a question I have for you. And we're Gen Xers. I mean, I think you would mm. identify solidly as Gen X. And I, you know, 1977, maybe. I mostly would say yeah. I am Gen X. Well, there's that word. What's it for the in-between, the millennials? Zennials. Zennials, yes, yes. Yes. It's just so special. So I think we might hold a different view about this, but I saw a headline come across something earlier this fall. I want to say it was maybe at the Atlantic or something like that. And the headline was Instagram is over. What? Do you think Instagram is over? No. I think for people in our age group, it's not over. I don't even think it's over for completely for Gen Z. Like I know yeah. lots of Gen Zers who use it. Now, would they say it's like the coolest place ever? You know, like they feel maybe yeah. more at home or have more ownership over things like TikTok. But no, I don't think any more than Facebook is over. Okay, here's something interesting. We both have teenagers. Both of my girls are on Instagram. They never post in their feed. They use Instagram like exclusively for stories. Daisy never really posts on Instagram, but she watches other people's stories. AJ has a limited group that she will post things for, but she also watches other people's stories. I think that is an interesting thing. Like they literally don't scroll their feeds at all. If it's not in the stories, they didn't see it. Yeah. No, that's interesting. So they're using it in a different way than maybe we would use it. But yes, for that reason, that's why I don't think it's dead. Yeah. Like a lot of these platforms, for better or for worse, have developed different ways to interact. Right. You don't have to do the whole thing. You can choose one and, and not others. So yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I do think that the stories element that Instagram stole from Snapchat is partially why my teens are kind of so into it. Neither of them are on Snapchat. They've never really been into that app at all. Another thing too that I think is so interesting is they use Instagram for group messaging. Like, oh, I guess with for kids that true. have all different kinds of devices and whatever. Like trying to find one easy place to yeah. group message. Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't seen that as much, but you know, that's the thing is everybody's always developing <laughs> new ways to interact. Do you have any other spicy takes? Like I have a few others, but we could save some Okay, for the end or what's yours? I'm just going to go ahead and say this because I think I'll sprinkle some of mine in. I have two though that I don't really know where else to put them. One of them is, I think it's high time that we realize that the men in pop culture, especially the entertainers, the actors, whatever, or even this could even go to social media, you know, like famous on TikTok kind of people. I'm noticing that the ones who present themselves as like the soft boys or the ones that are like overly charming or overly, I'm not like other guys are actually kind of dangerous. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I feel like they have the potential to be dangerous. Are of you course, saying yes. the potential? Or are you saying they are dangerous? Sometimes they actually are. And one thing yes. that comes to mind is something big that happened this year that I don't know that many people in our age range even know about. But one of Daisy's very very favorite pop stars is, was Rex Orange County, who's a guy, I can't remember his real name. His stage name is Rex Orange County. Uh, I took her in May with a big group of her friends to the concert that was here in Oklahoma City. She loved it. She's loved his music for years. And over the 
late summer, early fall, he was arrested on charges of sexual assault. And it was so devastating because his fan base is almost all young women. And his whole shtick, his whole thing is like, I'm not like those other toxic guys that you know at school. I'm different. I'm sensitive. I get you. And I think it was really for Daisy the first time that she really was like, felt betrayed. Yes. Betrayed is the right word. Mm-hmm. By the way he had crafted his image over time as opposed to, and again, this is alleged he was, has been charged, but he has not been convicted of anything. But it was enough, obviously, for everyone to just be like, oh, wow. And she was so sad when her Spotify wrapped came out because like several of his songs were on her, you know, top ones of the year. And she was like, I hate my Spotify rap now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sad because no. you're right. You know, like, what do you do? But yeah, I mean, doesn't that feel like a sad first lesson that we all kind of go through is yes. that there's somebody like putting your trust in somebody and then seeing it, you know, not be worth it, you know, that they didn't yeah. deserve your trust. And, but I believed you. I believed that what you said. It's almost gets to the point where you prefer that people would just like, if they're red flags, you can see a red flag right, person, right. you know? Right. But when someone tries so hard to be like, I'm not like that, I'm different from all the other boys. It's just, I don't know. It's been really hard. And I've seen that through her eyes for sure. Yeah. Well, that becomes, starts to become its own red flag, I suppose. Yeah. When yeah. You're like, are they trying so hard? Which is your point. Like if yes. they're so vocal with this is right. who I am, I'm different. You're like, but are you? And why are you saying it? Me thinks yeah. thou doth protest too much. Yes. Sort of idea. I think that's the spicy take at the heart of this. If somebody is super vocal about either how charming they are or how sensitive they are. Yeah. Word of caution. The other one, though, speaking of Daisy, I don't know if this is a spicy take or not, but I am concluding this year more convinced than ever that Gen Z is pretty great. Oh, yeah. Very rad. Like, yes. I know I'm obviously biased and you might be too, because this is our children (laughs) we're talking about. But this generation of kids are so self-aware. They are so sensitive in a progressive way of like recognizing things and calling things out that we have just accepted for so long, social issues and other issues, and just being able to vocalize it and just being like, I won't accept that. I'm not going to tolerate this. It's just, I think our future is in pretty great hands when I look at my kids and their friends. I agree. I think some people might feel like that's a little spicy depending on what your exposure to Gen Z has been. Yeah. But if you know actual real living, breathing kids in this age range, I think they're pretty great. Yeah. I feel like they are the most accepting generation I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. That comes from what you're just saying, from that willingness to say, we want to be sensitive to each other. We want to really not just be like, well, this is what you have to deal with. Suck it up. Yeah. I'm like, why? Why do we have to do that? We're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of times I do the same thing where I'm like, yeah, why didn't I see that that didn't have to be the way it is? Or that this thing could be called out. Right. Just things that we grew up with is so the air that we breathed. Yes. It's hard to see it sometimes. So it is wonderful to have people in your life. I do think that this generation, that's one of my favorite things about them. Okay. Well, speaking speaking of Gen Z, one of our superstars. So again, I mentioned this at the top, but we put out the call to our superstar awesomes because we often invite them to help us produce episodes to say, hey, what were your spicy takes on 2022? So this 
directly correlates to what we were just talking about. One of our superstars said, my spicy take is skinny jeans are not over. I'm not going <laughs> to let some Gen Z TikTok baby <laughs> tell me what to put on my booty. I lived through 70s fashion the first time. I have no intention of repeating those unfortunate choices. Thank you very much. So that is her spicy take. Skinny jeans. I actually have always hated skinny jeans, so I do not feel sad about whether or not they're over. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Now, in that sense, I feel like, although I do know that there are influencers on TikTok who are like, oh, if you're wearing the skinny jeans, you're so old. You know, like there's yeah. all the judgment placed to it. But yeah. I don't feel like that's even Gen Z's normal vibe. Their normal right. vibe is like, you do you, you know, sort of a thing. Right. I also was not a big fan of skinny jeans. Like I have some still, especially because in the winter, like I'm wearing big boots. They're, well, it's sure. Like, yeah, I can know, see that. Leggings could die, but I will always kind of wear leggings because they're comfortable. You're like, whatever. Yes. There's things that in my environment that make it easier. However, like I got a pair of bootleg jeans this fall and I am so happy with them. Yes. So happy. And I almost bought some like flare jeans and yeah. then backed away at the last minute because I was too late in the season. Really. I had a yeah. friend who wore them with a sweater and she's even just a little bit older than me. She looked amazing. Yeah. Like amazing where you were like style icon. So mm -hmm. I was thinking I'm going to go buy them. But then I was like, again, because of the season that I'm going into here in Minnesota, like you can't wear cute shoes anymore. Like, and that's, yeah. you know, so it's just like, okay, I'm just going to let it be for right now. So I agree with the sentiment of this spicy take that like, you can't tell me what to do. If I like it, I like it. Although we have joked before on Sort of Awesome about how at some point our grandmas did this too. Yes. They were like, my house, I'm not updating the decorations. I'm not yeah. buying a new sofa. I'm not getting new dishes. I'm not updating my clothes. Sure. Like, this is the era that I'm staying yeah. in. And I don't want to necessarily do that completely. So I am sensitive to the idea that I do want to adapt. However, I just also feel like you do you. If you like the skinny jeans, wear the skinny jeans. If you yes. don't like the skinny jeans, don't feel pressured into it. Yeah, totally. I'm tracking with you. I will say there is one fashion trend. I don't know if this is a spicy take or not that I am so ready for it to die. And that is distressed jeans with the rips and holes and tears. Like, I'm just over it. I actually did finally, after being so resistant, I was like, okay, if this is all there is in stores, <laughs> I will buy a pair of distressed jeans. I wear them and I think, well, at least I'm on trend, but it still bothers me. Like, this is not <laughs> like, these are the jeans we would have been, okay, we have to retire these now back in my day. <laughs> well, it depends on how distressed. I like a mild distressing. Okay. But I have seen some jeans this year in the store and on people that I'm like, there's more hole than there's. No, it makes me angry. <laughs> and you know, as an Enneagram nine, I'm like rarely in touch with my anger. Yes. But the distressed jeans, especially the ones that are like basically falling apart. Yeah. I feel a ferocity of anger around that. Also with the high-waisted stuff. <gasps> really? You don't like the high-waisted? I don't like high-waisted because it's so prejudiced against, <laughs> I don't know what the right word is here. It is so hateful to short torsoed people like myself. I cannot wear a high waist without looking like someone's 80-year-old grandmother yeah, in like Boca Kimmy Raton. Or yes. like you got your pants pulled up to your boobs. Yes, that's exactly. I have tried oh, so many iterations. 
<laughs> Sorry, Boca Raton. We love yes. you. <laughs> yes. I have tried so many iterations of high-waisted. Mm-mm, they're not for my okay. body. So oh, I wish those would die too. <laughs> this is why we're hard to do spicy takes because we're like, okay, I hate this so much. It makes me so angry, but also you do you. <laughs> exactly. We're the worst people to be doing this episode. It doesn't work for my body type, but uh, yeah. maybe you. I think you're going to maybe even say this because I wrote it on my list too, is the one that I'm ready to have over because of my body type is the crop shirts. Yes, I did Lord have that on my all. list. Why? Why yeah. do we need crop tops back? Because Who asked for this. 18-year-olds look good in them. I guess. They do. I mean, if you yeah. are young, you can really rock it and it looks cute. But the rest of us, it is just like, no, we should not be wearing them. It's kind of how I feel. And again, yes. I say that with the preference of if you want to raise your mind. But also, no, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. And also, it's cold. Yes. Like, cover up the belly button. You know, know, a mutual friend of ours, Shanna, who lives in Indiana, she started a campaign last year to bring back freaking socks, like <laughs> to normalize socks that we need to wear socks that are comfortable and they keep our feet warm. So like you can send her photos and she will repost them on her stories of people like I wore socks today. Look at my socks. They show, you know, like you can see they're not the no show socks. Like I want yeah. an actual covering my ankle because it is also 20 degrees outside. So, yes, I kind of feel like that. It's just impractical to not wear socks. It's impractical to wear a crop top and it doesn't look good. Now, see, I hate socks and if I can at all, <laughs> if it's at all humanly possible to avoid wearing socks, I will do it. You hate socks? I literally hate socks. Why do you hate socks? They're I didn't so, know this. Yes. I think it's a sensory thing. They are so constricting. And yes, I know there are many amazing sock brands out there where it's like, it feels really good to wear them. You know, I have problems with different parts <laughs> of my anatomy suffocating. Suffocating. We don't want your feet my to feet suffocate. To not be able are to breathe. suffocating sure. okay. in socks. Say so. no more. <laughs> Say no more. I love socks so much. And especially in the winter, I have wool socks that we've talked about in the hangout group before. They're from Costco. They're yes, like you blend. love those Costco oh, socks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So like it's all I wear in the winter. I wear them not to bed, but every other minute of the day. Also yeah. not in the shower. That would be weird. I have geographical privilege. <laughs> if I lived in Minnesota, I would probably force myself to get over my weird sock aversion the way I forced myself to start wearing nail polish. And I, and I didn't die. You, yeah, you did it. Yes. Yeah, so, but yeah, if there's any way I can avoid it, I will not wear socks. <laughs> okay. So here's another fashion spicy take that I okay. forgot that was on my list, but okay. actually I know there's two. Okay. Oh, okay. One is, and again, maybe not spicy, but I think it is for this new iteration of fashion. Yeah. Denim on denim uh-huh. is a no. I think oh, it's yeah. a no. Yeah. I think I did it. I don't yes. think it ever looked good. And I no. know it's bad. Like you look at the magazines and everybody's like, here's my denim coat with my denim shirt and my denim pants, you know, like, and it's kind of extreme because it's more runway-ish, but I'm just like, no, do not try to fool us. I know. We're not stupid. Honestly, I, so many trends, and I guess this is a marker of my age. So many trends, I do feel like the fashion industry is trolling us and we're all <laughs> just like falling for it every single time. Yes, exactly. Like Why? Because then that's all they put in the stores. And they're like, we're trolling you. And if you want to buy anything, you're going to have to buy it. You have no choice on you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know. And that's when we end up just like wearing the same things we wore last season and not going to the store. So we try. We try. Yeah, that also 
Now my daughter, because all things have come back again, really runs are like an actual pair of Uggs. I was thinking about it. I'm like, I'm also here to say Uggs are ugly. Okay. You know, yeah, like I get yeah, that they're comfortable, but it's a weird shoe. It's a weird I, look. See, I think I have been gaslit by the fashion industry into uh-huh. believing the Uggs are cute because now I think they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> they got to you. They, they brainwashed you, Meg. They oh have, no. Yes. I have Ugg knockoffs still that mostly my daughter's borrowed now. Yeah. Because I'm like, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> you were like self-hating so much. You were like, yes, no, no. Take away from me. I'm not going to do that. I'm certainly not going to spend as much money as Ugg actually wants me to spend on an yes. actual pair of Ugg boots. I get that they're comfortable. So the people who are like, oh, but they're so comfortable. Okay, whatever. But they're ugly. And um, they're not cute. Yeah. And it's a lot of money for something that's not that cute. How do you feel about Crocs? Because Crocs had a huge no. resurgence in 2022. Yep. And I'm a no. I'm a no on the... Crocs also another like thing with the feet and everything is people wearing closed toed tights or socks with open toed things. What is oh, that yeah. a thing? Uh-huh. Especially right now because it's winter, people wearing their tights with open toed <laughs> shoes. And I can't. I'm like, again, if you are 20, I bet you look darling. Uh-huh. But I can't. I can't do that. I can't. It's not right. <laughs> it's not the way God meant us to wear open-toed shoes. It is an abomination. Exactly. <laughs> no, I had no idea that people were doing that. And I find it hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is kind of funny. But at the same time, Yes. Have we reached the stage? Is that what our spicy takes really are, Meg? Are we just like the old man on the lawn going, this is so stupid, you dumb kids. Why are you doing that? Your toes are just going to get soggy. I mean, that's what I'm feeling like right now. Maybe we need to move on to other people's spicy Uh Yeah, I think so. I think so. Oh my gosh, my face hurts for smiling because it's true. That's our spiciness now. We're just old and we're just complaining about what the young people are doing. At the same time as respecting them yes. as an entire generation of future thought leaders. That's right. <laughs> Just please don't make us wear Uggs like in the nursing home. Exactly. Exactly. Well, maybe we should take a little break and share some more of those superstar spicy takes when we come right back. Hey, awesomes. We all know how frustrating it can be to put together the perfect outfit only to have what you're wearing underneath not fit you well. So maybe you're wearing a bra that digs into your shoulders or has those weird gaps in it, or maybe you're wearing underwear that's riding up. My gosh, it can be so frustrating to find that great pair of underwear that fits just right and that you're not even going to think about all day. Your bra, your underwear, it should make your outfit better, not worse. And that's what's so great about Bare Necessities. Bare Necessities is one of the biggest online intimate apparel retailers offering over 140 of the best brands all in one place. They put fit and comfort above all else, so they are all about size inclusivity. They've got band sizes from 28 to 58, cup sizes from double to O and other sizes from extra small to 5XL. And with so many options, finding the right bra isn't always intuitive. So they also offer a bra finder fit quiz that points you in the right direction in just a few clicks. So Bare Necessities has been getting feedback for over 20 years, and they know what their customers love, hate, and need in their bras and lingerie. And that's why they started their brand, Bare, by Bare Necessities. Right now, at this very minute, I am wearing my Bare Absolute Minimizer. 
You guys, I started wearing minimizer bras when I was in high school. I have worn so many through the years. The Bare Absolute Minimizer is absolutely the most awesome one I've ever worn. I love the way it helps my tops and sweaters fit better, and it is so comfortable. I legit forget that I'm wearing a bra. Now, right now, you can get 20% off of your Bare Necessities order when you go to barenecessities.com slash awesome20. And use code AWESOME20. That's code AWESOME20 at barednecessities.com slash AWESOME20 to get 20% off. B-A-R-E-N-E-C-E-S-S-I-T-I-E-S dot com slash AWESOME20 and use code AWESOME20. Some exclusions apply. Okay, we are back. There was a couple from the superstars that I wanted to get to before we move on because we've got some really good pop culture and like the current events ones. Speaking of fashion, one of our superstars said, I don't care how you wear a fanny pack. It still looks dorky, (laughs) no matter how cool you're trying to play it. Like she had the big feelings. You're still dorky if you're wearing a fanny pack. (laughs) I love a fanny pack. She's not wrong, though. I think that people wear them not because they think it looks cool necessarily. Although if a lot of people are doing it at once, you might feel like I'm in. I don't think anybody's like this big lump. On my actual fanny or on my hip or on my crotch. It makes me look awesome. <laughs> yes. See, this is the shape and the profile I was going right, for. Right, 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 right. I fully recognize how dorky it is. I wear them for purely pragmatic reasons. I actually haven't worn mine in a while. I feel like it's more of a summer situation than winter, but I just love that. Okay, another superstar. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about social media and Twitter dying and is Instagram over one of our superstars. Let me see if I can find her exact wording. My spicy take from 22 is that I can't stand TikTok and reels. <gasps> Don't have the TikTok app. I rarely watch a reel. I would rather just read about it or talk to someone about it. So this particular superstar is not having it with all of the video content yes. that we have these days. I mean, I do understand that in the sense, obviously, I love TikTok. Yes. I don't really like reels on Instagram because again, I would like to have my social media consumption yeah, do its own siloed. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so when I go to Instagram, and you click on a reel and then it just only wants to give you reels. I'm like, no, sir. No, sir. I'm like, I quit. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm not here to watch videos. Exactly. I'm here to look for pictures and or if I'm in stories, obviously that's video. But if yes. I'm in my feed. Well, here's my thing. When I go on TikTok, I fully recognize I'm probably not going to see a video from a single person I know. Like maybe Rebecca has a TikTok up or Lori Lynn or somebody like I might see somebody's face I know. But I recognize the vast majority of TikToks that I'm going to scroll through are complete strangers to me and I can enjoy them and appreciate it, whatever. It's jarring to me then when you go over to Instagram, because that's when you are looking for the people that you know. And so you click on a reel, maybe somebody posted a reel, someone that you know and follow. And if you just keep going through those reels, now you're back in stranger town. And like, I don't go to Instagram for strangers. Yes, exactly. That's what I mean. Like I'm going to Instagram because I want to see and hear an update from the people that I know and love. Yes. I'm following. In fact, I've been doing a lot more curating of my Instagram, you know, friends group because I want to make sure that Instagram knows like this is why I'm here. Yeah. So I have to kind of get rid of brands or other. Yeah. I need to do that more. Yeah. 
so that I can see more. And I also have not really made use yet of the close friends list that you could. Oh, I did. Okay. It's awesome. Yes. So that I think could help. Although again, I think that once you click on a reel, it starts to send you reels. And so you have no choice. So I understand this superstar's spiciness about it. Like there's not as much control as I think we want with these apps. Right. I just want to see like where Facebook used to have a group's app again now I'm showing yeah. how old I am yeah but the idea that this is how I want to use this platform and they're like right yeah, you can't yes exactly exactly I miss Instagram way 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 back in the day when the timeline was chronological yes like, oh I'd forgotten that yes mm-hmm. it was so great too. yeah it was so great I miss a chronological timeline <laughs> Okay, well, let's kind of get into some more of the pop culture and I guess you could say current events kinds of spicy takes. Here's one that this very sweet, amazing superstar texted me because that's one of the ways we communicate with our superstars. They get our digits so they can text us. And she prefaced this. She was like, you're going to be so mad about this. And I'm like, what can I be mad about? Like, I'm again, I'm an Enneagram 9. I never get mad (laughs) unless it's about distress gene. It's very hard to make me mad, (laughs) ma'am. She was like, okay, don't be mad. But here is her spicy take. I think Taylor's album was incredibly disappointing. (laughs) Whoa. So we're not naming this person, right? Uh, These are all anonymous. I know who they are, but they are all anonymous. No pitchforks required, you guys. So she's talking about Midnight's, obviously. She said, I love Taylor. I was bummed that most tracks blended into one another and that the lyrics were so on the nose. It goes on. Also, I don't think she should be able to be nominated and win awards for her re-recordings. She's like, again, I love Taylor. I saw the Reputation Tour. It was awesome. I just think that she can do better. Interesting. That is pretty spicy. Yes, that is. That is a hot take because that definitely goes against the conventional yes. wisdom. I mean, I see wisdom. I see some, or maybe wisdom's not the right word. I see rationale. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I do think that Midnight's, I think probably has been most popular with so many people that are newer to Taylor Swift. I think that a lot of us kind of really, I say a lot of us, I think newer Taylor Swift fans really found her during the folklore and Evermore era, which happened during the pandemic. And what were we doing anyway? So when a new album drops and it's great music and it's a little more, well, folksy, I think that there's like this whole crew of people that are new to Taylor Swift. And I wonder if the old time Swifties are the ones that are more disappointed with Midnight's. I don't know. It's a theory floating out there. I think that seems valid to me, especially because this spicy take came from a superstar who obviously is a fan. Yeah. 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 So I think that backs it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's see what else. What else? Okay. Here's one also related to a performer. Also, has a history with Taylor. The spicy take says, my spicy take is on Kanye. If Kanye West were a woman, he would be under a conservatorship. He's far more of a danger than Britney or Lindsay ever were. And yet here we are. Okay. I mean, there's so many takes to have about Kanye, right? (laughs) Yes. Although I don't know that that's necessarily a spicy take. Yeah. I think in the sense that it goes against what a lot of people feel. I think a lot of people are very eye-rolly about this guy at minimum. Minimum. I think he is dangerous. And you're right. You're pointing out the fact that these women 
were reprimanded yes. and, you know, controlled. Controlled. I mean, right. if you look at Brittany, like decades of her life because she was publicly struggling with mental health and made some questionable choices. And then that ended up being she has been controlled by the conservatorship and ultimately her father for decades. And yet no one's trying to lock down right. Kanye. Well, I mean, part of it was because of her age at the times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There is a difference there, but still the idea, I mean, and this goes back to, I feel like a theme on Sort of Awesome where if a woman was to do this, it would be so different. It would be perceived so much like even the conversation yeah. that you and Rebecca have had about loving what you love. Yeah. Women love what they love and they're seen as, you know, way too into it, obsessed. Yes, obsessed. But men love their sports and it's totally normal. Like that's yeah. normal. So I feel like what we're seeing here where Connie's not having the same kind of conversations is just the patriarchy on display. Yeah. Well, there you go. I think that's a good way to wrap that one. <laughs> There's <up>. my take. <laughs> Okay, here's one. Speaking of men loving sports, this is from a superstar who said, Tom Brady may be the greatest quarterback of all time, but he was a fool to choose football over Giselle and his family. <laughs> I love the superstar is like, I hope he comes to really regret it one day when he's retired and sitting home alone watching football games by himself. Ow! I know. I mean, that's the spiciness right there. Savage. The spiciness is, yes, the savageness of the comment. And yet, I completely agree. Yeah. You're like, if you're going to make stupid choices. Yeah. You know, I don't wish harm on anybody, but also. I know. I am bad at sports ball things. So I guess I just don't, I haven't really even thought about it this much. And maybe our superstar's opinion is a spicy take, or maybe most people are like, I mean, do football or most football fans like, yeah, no, he totally should have come back from. I think, yes, a lot. Of, yes, a lot of people okay. are. They're happy about it. I don't think that everybody is. I don't think it's a universal decision because not even the family question aside. I think a lot of people are just like, dude, like no one hold them and no one to fold them. Like this is a fold a moment. You're um, old, my guy. Yeah. Like <laughs> and I think what it does to anybody who's paying a little bit of attention is it just reveals how empty their lives are. You know, like if yeah. they're like, I can't move on. I can't reinvent myself. I'm worried who I'm going to be without this, which is, mm -hmm. it's an identity. It's a shift. I get it. Mm -hmm. But oh my word. Yeah. Let it go. And he's sacrificing so much good. Yeah. For this. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's frustrating. I feel like he needs a support system in place that will help him to gently like transition to the retired life to find his new identity post-retirement. but. Guess he doesn't have that. Yeah. It's certainly not going to be our superstar. Nope. We're just going to stand back and watch him implode. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of imploding, you just keep serving up these amazing segues. Yes. Here's one more. Oh, we have one more after this that's from the superstars. But this one, our superstar said, I am so glad that Elizabeth Holmes was sentenced to over 11 years in prison. That damn Edison device didn't do a damn thing. And it put thousands of people's medical decisions at risk. In addition to the 135 months she'll be spending in prison, I think she should get a finger prick every single day <laughs> that she's there. <laughs> Spoiler That's alert, good. the Tom Brady and Elizabeth Holmes ones came from the same superstar. Wow, don't get on her bad side. No, is what no, I'm, no. I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. So Elizabeth Holmes, in case you're not familiar, was the creator of, was it Theranos? Yes, Theranos. Mm -hmm. Then, see, I live with 
younger boys who live in the Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe. And I was like, am I going to say Thanos? That doesn't, I know I that's mean, not right. It wouldn't be the first time that I have even made that mistake. So, <laughs> okay. Yes, easy. But it was called Theranos, right? Yes. So if you've listened to podcasts about her or read the book Bad Blood, which I read, which is fantastic, that later also became a movie, I think Bad Blood did. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. They adapted it for film. Basically, Elizabeth Holmes invented this, quote unquote, invented a device that was supposed to be able to take a single finger prick and take the blood from that and be able to assess everything that you would need to know about your medical, where you are medically right now, and as well as your future decisions about your health. Well, spoiler, it was all a scam. And millions upon millions of dollars were invested into this company under her direction and leadership. And so finally, in 2022, justice came for her. Um, has there been a lot of discussion? I've totally been out of the loop on this. Has there been a lot of discussion around whether this was fair sentencing for her? Were people surprised that she got over a decade of prison time in her sentencing? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't. And maybe I'm also just unaware. I feel like by the time she was actually sentenced, people were so over her. Yeah. They were like, well, good riddance. Yeah. And move on. Like there, I didn't see a lot of people talking about whether this is fair, just more, whatever. I think yeah. people were just glad to see her be held accountable. Yes for all the different angles of fraud that she right. perpetuated. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, fraud is fraud and that's not good. But when you're talking about people's actual lives being on the line because of something that you have created and are defrauding people with, that's pretty serious. So I think some serious sentencing is called for. So, okay, last one. This one really might be controversial, but I see totally where the superstar is coming from on this. And she said, Recycling is a scam. It's a waste of time. It puts the onus for basically doing something towards bettering the environment on the consumer when what is really needed and the only thing that's really going to make a change is changes made at the policy level, policy making level. How do you feel about that? How does that strike you? Well, it's interesting because I've actually just been doing some reading about recycling. So I don't think that it has to be my own take on it is that it doesn't have to be that black and white, like either, you know, do it or don't. But she's right that it is policy. All the things that we do. In fact, I'm working on a special right now that will air in January that is to celebrate a climate show that we have been doing for 10 years, the 10 year anniversary. So Climate Cast is called. So we just talked to one of my very favorite people. Her name is Catherine Hayhoe. She is a climate scientist and like one of the leading communicators when it comes to climate change in the U.S. And she was the one who was saying, you know, like we can change out our light bulbs. We can buy the plug-in cars. We can recycle up the wazoo. In, in the end, it's not that any of those things are bad and they are needed and they're good to do mm -hmm. because we're helping to push industries forward, right? Yeah. But it's not moving the needle on climate it's change because it's policy. Yeah. It's big country and company decisions that have to be made. Yes. It's not individual. It's systemic where we have to address it. In yeah. that sense... I don't think that if we all just recycle, climate change would no. be stopped in its tracks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's a good thing to do. I don't think that we're also recycling as much as we'd like to think that we're recycling. Like right. there's not always places to take it. And so that mm -hmm. it does end up just in the dump or in mm -hmm. the incinerator. Mm -hmm. But we feel good about it because we recycled it before we sent it to the dump. Right. I mean, if you think about like this sort of conspiracy angle on it, 
it would be like, okay, if we can get the people, the masses to buy into recycling, they will feel good enough about it to be like, well, maybe like climate change isn't, who cares? You know, I recycle, my neighbors recycle, it's going to be fine. And it sort of takes the pressure off consumers and citizens demanding changes at the bigger, at the corporate level. And a big problem is it's not just the United States. It has to be like a global effort. And was the last time you can remember, Kelly, in human history that the whole globe has been united in doing something for <laughs> right greater good? I mean, I don't know what the name of it now. I've forgotten. In, it was in Egypt this year, the global community that gets together to talk about climate and mm-hmm. climate change and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's not like there's not work being done. Yeah. But at the same time, like you're right. And I do think that recycling, where it has value is if it forces us to think differently about our consumption habits. Yes. Yeah. If we are like, well, I could buy this recycled wrapping paper. Right. Instead of buying new. Or yeah. maybe I don't need to buy the small packs of chips, mm-hmm. but I can get, you know, like a reusable bag for my kids. Right. Like the little, you know, the ones we've even talked about here on Sort of Awesome and pre-portion out things. So if it forces us to consume differently, I think it's almost more important than if we just consume the same way, we're like, well, but I can recycle it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really true. And I do think, you know, plastic is probably one of the biggest issues to be dealt with. I do see companies like Grove Collaborative, for example, who have committed to going plastic free. I'm hopeful as companies, even if they're smaller businesses, are trying to do what they can to do their part. That's a little bit of a hopeful sign, but yes, I, that's what I mean. I don't think it's not without value. I just don't think it's the panacea that we want it to be. Yes. All right. Well, those were some spicy takes. Uh, that's all I've got. Although I know as soon as we're done recording, Kelly, yes. I'm going to be like, oh, shoot, I should have said that. Or man, I can't believe I forgot about this. But the good news is the good news is, is we have a hangout group where you can come and say it again. Yes, exactly. I was going to say the good news is social media exists. So we can always bring our follow-up thoughts and we want to hear your follow-up thoughts as well. So if you want to come and find us to talk about these things, Kelly, where can we find you all around the web? Well, you can find me at kellygordonmn.com. That's my website. That's where you can find recipes and things. But really, if you want to share your spicy takes, you're gonna have to come find me on Twitter, Instagram, or in the Hangout group. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at kellygordonmn as well. Just don't get Kelly in trouble on Twitter, you guys. Yeah, you guys, follow me on Twitter. You can tell me things, but I may not be able to respond to you. I will have, like, all of the spiciest takes have to be in the Hangout group behind, like, behind closed doors for sure well if you want to find me on social media you can find me at sort of awesome meg you can find this show by searching sort of awesome whatever social media platform you might be on if you're talking about the show give us a hashtag sort of awesome so we can find you wherever you are awesome thanks so much for listening we'll see y'all next time Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.